0: Say my name loud and clear All love, but they still running in fear Who am I? Who am I? Thank you for tuning in to our Black Voices Matter. We can't remain silent. We must speak up. So let the conversation begin. Testing one two three four. This is Mashawn D. Simon, co-host of Before Nine, the podcast. That is Mashawn M. A. S. H. A. U. N. D. Period. Simon S. I. M. O. N. Mashawn D. Simon, co-host of Before Nine the podcast. What are my thoughts on the murders of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd? Well, let me start here by saying that I have refused to watch any of the video footage of both of those um, deaths at the hands of individuals who are were either sworn to protect and serve or adjacent to those who were sworn to protect and serve in the instance of Ahmaud Arbery who one of the men who have been charged as a form, former police officer um, I have refused to watch the footage, mostly because um, I just haven't, I have not, I have not wanted to be witness to another situation to where a black body has been squeezed, um, the life of a black body has been squeezed to death, if you will. Um, lynched modern in a very modern-day um, capacity. Um, and so I think because I have refused to watch the videos, that says a lot about what my thoughts are on their murders. In some ways, I feel like Ahmaud Aubrey's almost parallels, almost mirrors Traymar, Trayvon Martin, um, who was killed by George Zimmerman years ago. And Trayvon's murder sits with me or stays with me because Trayvon was killed on my birthday, Um, on the same night that I was celebrating another year of life Trevon was fighting for his life and so that one always has impacted me in a very different kind of way than any of these murders if I'm really being honest and George Floyd's almost mirrors, almost parallels Eric Garner in New York especially with the phrasing I can't breathe and so these deaths, these murders these lynchings are painful for me and painful for a lot of us. I am a young black, same gender loving man, born and raised in the metro Atlanta area, just recently turning 41 years old, and seeing these things happen at a time when I was raised to believe that um, this world is right and just and equitable. Uh, I I was raised to believe that the civil rights movement worked and yet we're faced with the, the, the evidence that in a lot of ways, while the civil rights movement created access for a lot of us, the issues that are at the root of what the movement was fighting for, um, seeing, seeing us people of color, black people, as humans, understanding and believing and supporting that our lives really do matter, those things that the civil rights movement was fighting for are still very much present today. And so it, it breaks my heart, it frustrates me, it disappoints me um, to know that we are still facing the same stuff that our ancestors and our forefathers have been fighting against for generations generations and what does it take um, for a real change to come about um when, when i think about what could potentially be the solutions or the strategies i do think um that protesting um i think protesting is has its place um i think peaceful protesting has its place i think rioting has its place um, and I am not one to judge or or demean or bemoan anyone who feels as though they need to express them way themselves in a way to get attention, as long as it is not causing hurt, harm, or dan danger to another individual. And so I am I am a staunch supporter of protesting. Um and I'm and and I'm not suggesting that I am a staunch supporter to some of the looting that is happening because I'm not, um, I think those who are loot, those who are looting or looters or opportunists, um, opportunists who have their own struggles, um, who a lot of times looters are poor young kids who don't have access or who feel as though they don't have any real direction. And so they steal because it's easier to steal. And, because in a lot of ways, it is a rebellious act. Um, And so I understand it. I don't support it. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But I also understand why it happens. But I also understand how and why rioting happens, because people are tired and people are angry and people are frustrated and people are trying to find a way to get attention so that those who consider themselves the powers that be those who have the access to power and control and change are ignoring our young people, are ignoring us, are ignoring our elders. And in a lot of ways, acting as though they don't really care anything for us or what we want or what we need or what we desire. And so I think protesting and rioting has its place. When The black student movement was happening some years ago across college campuses um, that sort of kicked off in Missouri and also hit some other places. And young people were calling for their institutions of higher education to do something different, to be different, to hear them and see them and support them in a different kind of way. I always said that while marches and protests were good and necessary because it brought attention there needed to be other kinds of strategies. There needed to be what I felt as though was a a a um, well-rounded, um, all-encompassing, multifaceted, uh, multi-layered strategy um, that is for the long term, because I think it is worth. While I think protesting and rioting it has its place, I mean, it is also worth getting people at certain tables who can make certain decisions. Um, So that means, yes, voting. But it also means getting our brothers and sisters who have access, whether that is financial access or, or resources as major individuals in some of these Fortune 500s to pour money into our communities, pour money into our institutions, our HBCUs, pour money into our community organizations, pour money into our social justice organizations um, so that resources and access and jobs and programming can be developed so that our people can have a chance. Um, and I, and I, I sort of see it happening this time around and am um, optimistic or hopeful about it. But I I hope that it is for the long haul because it's going to take making changes um, on the ground level through marching and protesting, but also in the boardrooms and also in the halls and in the halls of Congress and also um, within the four walls of the White House. It is going to take making change across the board so that people can have access, people can have resources, people can have a different kind of option. And so I very much am still sort of holding on to those thoughts from so long ago and hoping um, and praying that our people are figuring out a different kind of way of doing things in the same way that Um, Those that have had access have done things for so long because let's be very honest, um, white people, the the majority have been creating opportunity and space and resources and access for their people for generations. And so it's time that we do it as well. It's time that those those of us um, people of color, black people, um, capital B black people, those of us who are celebrities and have millions and billions of dollars. Um should be giving in large amounts to our HBCU, should be giving in large amounts to our community organizations, should be creating spaces where our young people can have jobs and learn skills and grow and step up the ladder um, and and be mentored in 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 finding ways of creating organizations and access and resource and power for themselves and then pouring that back into the community. So I think it's going to have to take all of that, all of us sort of saying we want to do something differently. We want to support in a different kind of way. And this is how we do it in order for us to get some real, um, um real traction to any kind of change, um, that we're trying to see in the world um, I think also that it is necessary to have a very real conversation around this topic of defunding police and cutting law enforcement budgets. I say that because I'm not I'm not one who is like we need to get rid of all police departments. No, and I think that is what's happening with this narrative right now. That is what's happening. That is that is how narratives get stolen and altered, and we lose support when those controlling the message um, are capable of flipping and spinning in a certain kind of way. As I understand this whole conversation around defunding the police, it means to not pour billions, millions and billions of dollars into police departments in the way that we have been historically. It means funneling those resources in a different kind of way so that when someone calls 911, it's not a police officer that shows up and ends up killing someone, in the case of Rayshard Brooks, but it is a mental health professional or a social worker or, um, you know, a tow truck company or someone else that can react or respond to a situation in a way that it does not get escalated when it doesn't have to get escalated. Because let's be honest, for the most part. Those whose skin is brown, whether it's caramel, dark brown or chocolate brown, when the police shows up, it's not good for us, regardless of what the situation is. We are in fear. We are in fear and, and anxiety and concern for our lives. And if so, and so it makes no sense to have a police officer show up for a situation that is not criminal or an emergency in a sense where someone with a gun or a taser needs to show up, a different kind of professional needs to show up. And so why don't we take some of the resources that have been poured into our um, law enforcement budgets and funnel it somewhere else to where, um, you can have more social workers who respond to mental health issues, or you can have more caseworkers respond to domestic violence situations or, some other kind of professional that can de-escalate a situation that in a manner that does not result in someone being tased or shot. I think it is also worth mentioning that across this country, thousands, millions of dollars are being cut from our education budgets and teachers are having to teach our young teachers are having to inform and motivate and inspire our young Um, on, on, on a shoestring and a prayer. (laughs) Um, and that's problematic to me. Like, why is it that we spend so much money on law enforcement, but we don't invest as much money in education? Why can't we pour money into our public school systems in a way that we are trying to create opportunities for charter schools and private schools? Like that says something like where our money is shows where our priorities are. And at the same time, when it comes to education, we're 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 less focused on informing, inspiring and motivating our young and more interested in pumping in information in them so they can test so they can go. What does that mean for the future of the workforce? What does that mean for the future of this country? What does that mean for the future of? our political systems when our young people are not learning as much as they could or should. And our teachers are not being supported in the way in which they should. They need the same kind of resources financially that we're pouring into law enforcement. And so I think it's problematic. And so I'm supporting this, this notion of defunding law enforcement or, or or defunding police departments because I understand it through the lens of creating Um, access or resources for other areas and other entities so that we can be more effective in what we're doing and in what we're trying to do. And I think that is necessary. And I think if we truly want to be uh, a nation that is fair and just and equitable, then our practices, our actions with our, with our resources, with our monies um, need to show that we care about people's well-being about our young people's education and about um, our people having access in a way that they have not had before so yeah um i have hope um but i'm also a realist i as i stated earlier i'm 41 years old i've had a great number of experiences throughout my life Um, I've had to think in a lot of ways and what ways have I been a victim of any form of racism or police harassment? Um, I, I have had my fair share of discriminatory situations, um, in hiring practices, um, on the job, um, by people who were supposed to be my managers, my bosses, my leaders, my trainers, um, who treated me a certain way or did not allow for me opportunities or access or resources um, in certain ways. And sometimes it has something to do with the color of my skin. And other times it had to do with the amount of education I have. And other times it had to do with my sexual identity. Um, I have been a victim in a lot of ways. Um, Have I ever been harassed by the police? Um, There have been moments. um, I can remember in particular driving through South Carolina one time on a road trip and being pulled over um, and being asked if I was all right with my car being searched and just sort of being like, why? Like what, what, what is the reasoning behind this? Um, I can remember a, a time not too long ago where I got pulled over in South Georgia on my way to Orlando and Um, just the way the police officer handled me and talked to me and um, the things that they asked me to do and the questions that they asked and sort of just the way he, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The way he exercised his authority um, was very threatening to me. And so I was clear it has something to do with the assumptions that he had made about me because of my race. I, I like a lot, a lot of people, have been impacted in a lot of ways um, because of um, the issues that we face as a country um, in areas of difference and access and equity and justice and fairness. And so I have hope. I have hope that um, something changes. I have hope that the what this country says about itself in this in its ruling documents we truly do start to live as and live under. Um, as, as someone who is same gender loving, um, I always find myself so terribly conflicted when there's a win for the LGBT community, especially with some of the Supreme Court rulings. Um, but then on the flip side, um, my people, my black people, my my African diaspora cousins um, are being slain, um, being neglected, um, being mistreated by the very same people um, who have sworn to protect and serve. It, it conflicts me terribly. Um, it, it, it hurts and bothers me because I want to celebrate on one side because I'm a part of one community that seems to be getting um some sort of um peace and obtaining some sort of wins or celebrations while at the same time um my people are being lynched um and it is not just my black men my black brothers but also my black trans sisters and brothers um and that's painful for me and that's problematic for me and I think we just need to do better and be better so I'm proud of my people I'm proud of those that are out protesting and marching and making their presence known I'm proud of those that are creating opportunities like a friend of mine of doing a support racism bake sale I'm proud of those who are finding ways to be supportive of the movement and I'm proud of those organizations that are saying we're going to put our money where our mouth is um, so I'm hopeful, um, I'm hopeful that all of this results in a world that, um, is fair and equitable and, um, sees us all as worthy individuals and worthy people, um, and, and worthy, um, contributors to the greater good and the greater society. So, yeah. Yeah.